It's every other hour. Right as 2017 was about to begin, a young Chicagoan named Aaron Taylor got himself into the kind of trouble that can change a life forever. He got busted with a gun. He also got some good breaks and used them to climb out of trouble. WBEZ's Natalie Moore has the story. On New Year's Eve, 20-year-old Aaron was out with two younger cousins, heading to a gas station in Chicago's West Pullman neighborhood. Aaron wanted a late-night fix of gummy worms. As they got near the lighted station door, Aaron glimpsed a flash on his 14-year-old cousin's hip. I tried the process in my head like, this can't be what I think it is. It was a gun. Their grandfather's brand new 25 caliber semi-automatic 10 shot. The younger cousin took it without permission. I did the stupid thing by taking it from him and trying to get it back to the house safely as I can because I can run faster than the mother two. But Aaron was wearing flip-flops that night. He says he saw a police car bust a U-turn in their direction. Honestly, uh, that night I actually thought I was going to die because they up literally point the guns at you as they're running towards you. That's why I didn't run. I thought about running, leaving those flip-flops right where they at and r- running barefoot just to get the gun back to the house. Instead, he says he tossed the loaded gun near a garbage can. They came and grabbed me. They say, yeah, we just saw you toss something. I'm like, I didn't toss a damn thing. Aaron's convinced the officers didn't see him throw the gun, but the police report says otherwise. They handcuffed him. He was put on a bus to Cook County Jail. He got charged and started 2017 behind bars wearing a tan jumpsuit. Aaron did not have any police record, but his bail was set at $100,000. His mother didn't have $10,000 for bail. Plus, she was beyond angry. Aaron had plenty of time to think about their last conversation on New Year's Eve. The words she told me before I left back out of the house, I don't want to call and hear about you being dead. I don't want to call about you being in jail. Aaron faced eight felony charges. State law meant Aaron faced a mandatory minimum of one year in prison and potentially up to three years. He did not want to plead guilty. Instead of sitting in his cell, Aaron decided to enroll in an anti-violence program offered at the jail. It was one of the first good breaks he took advantage of. Later, it would help him navigate his way to a summer job. Aaron lived at home, the second youngest of five children. He'd had middling grades at Julian High School and some suspensions for fighting. He was a star football player, but an injury senior year cost him a scholarship from a community college in Virginia. At the time of his arrest, he was enrolled at Kennedy King College in Chicago. Christine Neal is the public defender who took on Aaron's case. He was very concerned about this going on his record and what this would mean for his future. He was, he was surprised, I think, that he found himself in this situation. This case illustrates why we can never have an entirely algorithmic approach to criminal justice. Harold Pollack is co-director of the University of Chicago Crime Lab, which examines policies to reduce violent crime. He doesn't know Aaron, but he says his situation shows why human circumstance should be taken into account. Prosecutors, judges have to have an ability to respond to the granular human reality of particular cases. Otherwise, serious injustices can occur. Uh, and, and when you have mandatory minimums, particularly when they're high mandatory minimums, there's a risk that uh, that, that won't happen uh, or won't happen as often as it should. In Aaron's case, it took a month, but he was able to go home to his mother in Roseland on electronic monitoring. She didn't have to put up any bail, but he couldn't leave the house even to take out the garbage. 
he did get permission to attend his father's funeral. Attorney Neal says two things stood out about Aaron's case. First, she thought the charges were excessive. No bullets were fired. Aaron had no prior charges and no criminal affiliation. Plus, she saw him as a young person who has no history of any arrest and is for all accounts on the right path. Maybe they do need a little bit of direction now and then. Aaron got another good break, an assistant state's attorney who was willing to work with his public defender. Neil compiled letters of support from Aaron's family, proof he had been enrolled at Kennedy King, and a copy of his high school diploma. All of this helped her work a deal in which she pled guilty to a misdemeanor. Neil says in five years in the public defender's office, she's only been able to get two felony gun charges dropped to a misdemeanor. Everybody, you know, everybody said they want to be successful. I just want to matter to the world, you know. Not so easy when you have an outstanding balance of $1,700 to a city college and no job. But Aaron took the next step in the climb back from legal trouble because of having a gun. He had a connection with the Chicago Urban League through the anti-violence program he joined at the jail. He took a workforce development class at the Urban League and got an $8.25 an hour job as part of One Summer Chicago. I picked him up one day after work. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right here. It had been a few weeks into the job, and he told me he's working on being a better leader. Uh, my vocabulary has gotten better, a lot better, you know, as far as meetings and everything else. may not sound like it now, but <laughs> you should see me in action. He demonstrated his new professional handshake. You know, just, <laughs> you know, just grabbing, just grabbing a hand, just shaking. I didn't, didn't know what a firm handshake was. Okay, so what's your handshake now? We up in a crock pot. Sweet potatoes, I really don't like them, but the kids like them. He had mustard turned spinach. I picked them. I don't do Gloria Greens. I don't do canned greens. Sandra Taylor is Aaron's no-nonsense mother. I visited her on a Sunday afternoon. But our first interaction was when I tried to reach Aaron and called what I thought was his cell phone. It was hers. Miss Taylor answered and firmly told me Aaron cannot get a phone until Aaron got a job. Miss Taylor says she's seen the change in her son. He is not as combative with me as he initially was before he got in trouble. You know, he had all the answers. He always had the last, the last word. Now when I can, I can say something and I can have the last word. She had some stipulations before she paid off his outstanding college bill. She wants Aaron to go away to college after two years. He must maintain a 3.0 GPA. The expectations, you better not take your ass back to jail. Four page paper on the Harlem Renaissance. You know, you know how long I stayed up last night? It's late August. Aaron's re-enrolled full-time at Kennedy King College. He's hanging out with a friend before class. He's now a business major. He's practicing with the basketball team and is eligible to play in January. Emotionally, I'm not depressed anymore because I actually thought I wasn't going to get back and roll in school, find a job because I know how serious gun cases are. But now I'm feeling, feeling great, you know, I'm happy, you know, I'm grateful that I'm not, you know, back in jail. Mentally, I'm, I'm more focused than, I ever, than I've ever been. Aaron says his mother made a bet with him. $200 if he keeps that 3.0 GPA. Aaron says he's ready to win that bet. Natalie Moore, WBEZ.